brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Chapter 44 of The Virginians. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Virginians by William Makepeace Thackeray. Chapter 44. Contains what might perhaps have been expected. On the rejection of his peace offerings, our warlike young American chief chose to be in great wrath not only against Colonel Lambert, but the whole of that gentleman's family. He has humiliated me before the girls, thought the young man. He and Mr. Wolfe, who were forever preaching morality to me and giving themselves airs of superiority and protection, have again been holding me up to the family as a scapegrace and prodigal. They are so virtuous that they won't shake me by the hand forsooth and when I want to show them a little common gratitude, they fling my presence in my face. Why, sir, the things must be worth a little fortune, says Parson Sampson, casting an eye of covetousness on the two Morocco boxes, in which on their white satin cushions reposed Mr. Sparks' golden gewgaws. They cost some money, Sampson, says the young man, not that I would grudge ten times the amount to people who have been kind to me. No, Faith, sir, not if I know your honor, interjects Sampson, who never lost a chance of praising his young patron to his face. The repeater they told me was a great bargain and worth a hundred pounds at Paris. Little Miss Hetty, I remember, saying that she longed to have a repeating watch. Oh, what a love, cries the chaplain, with a little circle of pearls on the back and a diamond knob for the handle. Why, it would win any woman's heart, sir. There passes an apple-woman with a basket. I have a mind to fling the thing out to her, cries Mr. Warrington fiercely. When Harry went out upon business, which took him to the city and the temple, his parasite did not follow him very far into the strand, but turned away, owning that he had a terror of Chancery Lane, its inhabitants, and precincts. Mr. Warrington went then to his broker, and they walked to the bank together, where they did some little business at the end of which and after the signing of a trifling signature or two harry departed with a certain number of crisp banknotes in his pocket the broker took mr warrington to one of the great dining-houses for which the city was famous then as now 
and afterwards showed Mr. Warrington the Virginian walk upon change, through which Harry passed rather shamefacedly. What would a certain lady in Virginia say, he thought, if she knew that he was carrying off in that bottomless gambler's pocket a great portion of his father's patrimony? Those are all Virginia merchants, thinks he, and they are all talking to one another about me, and all saying, that is young Esmond of Castlewood on the Potomac, Madam Esmond's son, and he has been losing his money at play, and he has been selling out so much, and so much, and so much. His spirits did not rise until he had passed under the traders' heads of Temple Bar, and was fairly out of the city. From the Strand Mr. Harry walked home, looking in at St. James Street by the way, but there was nobody there as yet, the company not coming to the chocolate house till a later hour. Arrived at home, Mr. Harry pulls out his bundle of banknotes, puts three of them into a sheet of paper, which he seals carefully, having previously written within the sheet the words, Much good may they do you, H-E-W, and this packet he directs to the Reverend Mr. Sampson leaving it on the chimney-glass with directions to his servants to give it to that divine when he should come in. And now his honour's phaeton is brought to the door, and he steps in, thinking to drive round the park. But the rain coming on, or the east wind blowing, or some other reason arising, his honour turns his horse's heads down St. James Street, and is back at White's at about three o'clock. Scarce anybody has come in yet. It is the hour when folks are at dinner. There, however, is my cousin Castlewood, lounging over the public advertiser, having just come off from his duty at court hard by. Lord Castlewood is yawning over the public advertiser. What shall they do? Shall they have a little piquet? Harry has no objections to a little piquet. Just for an hour, says Lord Castlewood. I dine at Arlington Street at four. Just for an hour, says Mr. Warrington, and they call for cards. Or shall we have him upstairs, says my lord, out of the noise? Certainly, out of the noise, says Harry. At five o'clock a half-dozen of gentlemen have come in after their dinner, and are at cards or coffee or talk. The folks from the ordinary have not left the table yet. There the gentlemen of White's will often sit till past midnight. One toothpick points over the coffee-house blinds into the street. Who's Phaeton? asks toothpick one of toothpick two. The fortunate youths, says number two. Not so fortunate the last three nights. Luck confoundedly against him. Lost last night thirteen hundred to the table. Mr. Warrington been here today, John? Mr. Warrington is in the house now, sir, in the little tea-room with Lord Castlewood since three o'clock. They are playing at piquet, says John. What fun for Castlewood, says number one with a shrug. The second gentleman growls out an execration. Curse the fellow, he says. He has no right to be in this club at all. He doesn't pay if he loses. Gentlemen ought not to play with him. Sir Miles Warrington told me at court the other day that Castlewood has owed him money on a bet these three years. Castlewood, says number one, don't lose if he plays alone. A large company flurries him, you see. That's why he doesn't come to the table and the facetious gentleman grins and shows all his teeth, polished perfectly clean. "'Let's go up and stop him,' growls number two. "'Why?' asks the other. "'Much better look out a window. Lamplighter going up the ladder. Famous sport. Look at that odd putt in the chair. Did you ever see such an old quiz?' 
who is that just gone out of the house as i live it is fortunatus he seems to have forgotten that his phaeton has been here waiting all the time i bet you two to one he has been losing a castlewood jack do you take me to be a fool asked the one gentleman of the other pretty pair of horses the youth has got how he is flogging him and they see mr warrington galloping up the street and scared coachman and chairman clearing before him presently my lord castlewood is seen to enter a chair and go his way harry drives up to his own door it was but a few yards and those poor horses have been beating the pavement all this while in the rain mr gumbo is engaged at the door in conversation with a countrified looking lass who trips off with a curtsy mr gumbo is always engaged with some pretty maid or other gumbo has mr sampson been here asks gumbo's master from his driving seat no sir mr sampson have not been here answers mr warrington's gentleman harry bids him to go upstairs and bring down a letter addressed to mr sampson addressed to mr sampson oh yes sir says mr gumbo who can't read a sealed letter stupid on the mantelpiece in the glass says harry and gumbo leisurely retires to fetch that document as soon as harry has it he turns his horse's head towards st james street and the two gentlemen still yawning out of the window at white's behold the fortunate youth in an instant back again as they passed out of the little tea-room where he and lord castlewood had had their piquet together mr warrington had seen that several gentlemen had entered the playroom and that there was a bank there some were already steadily at work and had their gaming jackets on they kept such coats at the club which they put on when they had a mind to sit down to a regular night's play mr warrington goes to the clerk's desk pays his account of the previous night and sitting down at the table calls for fresh counters this has been decidedly an unlucky week with the fortunate youth and to-night is no more fortunate than previous nights have been he calls for more counters and more presently he is a little pale and silent though very easy and polite when talked to but he cannot win at last he gets up hang it stay and mend your luck says lord march who is sitting by his side with a heap of counters before him green and white take a hundred of mine and go on i have had enough for to-night my lord says harry and rises and goes away and eats a broiled bone in the coffee-room and walks back to his lodging some time about midnight a man after a great catastrophe commonly sleeps pretty well it is the waking in the morning which is sometimes queer and unpleasant last night you proposed to miss brown you quarrelled over your cups with captain jones and valorously pulled his nose you played at cards with colonel rob judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.